Greetings, earthlings. That's no way to respond. You are earthlings, aren't you? Six of you are sure of that. Awesome. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Um, we got some good stuff coming beyond what we've already shared together, our singing time and, and uh, those things. We've got some good stuff coming through Scripture. And uh, we're going to celebrate baptism tonight in just a few minutes. So, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Got some folks over here who are getting ready for baptism. So I'm very excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to look into Scripture before we get to that, too. But before we get to all of that, I'd like to take just a moment and just, and just have a little conversation, kind of a church conversation with you about some things that I think you need to know about. Uh, just, at, you know, kind of from church family life perspective. So we have found out over the last three, two, three months, something like that, that sometimes, and I don't know if it happens more on Saturday night or more on Sunday morning, so you may or may not have experienced this, but sometimes on your way out of the driveways, getting to the exits, you've been finding, you may have found some people that are standing at the exits asking for something, asking for resources. And uh, when you see that, a lot of you, your, your heart is filled with compassion. You go, man, I want to help out. I want to do something. I want to care for them, which is really beautiful because that's a high value of Jesus. Compassion is a high value of Jesus. Compassion is a high value of his church. So if that gets stirred in your heart, that's a beautiful thing. But I want to give you a little bit different perspective on what's going on out there and walk this through with you. And then again, you're free to decide what you want to do, but I just want to give you a little bit different perspective. We have learned that the, usually it's a young woman and a child or two who's at the exits. We have learned that the women who are out there are essentially being trafficked. Uh, what you may not know as you look at someone who's standing there at the, at the exit trying to get resources from you is that while the woman is there asking for money, there's a man in a van far enough away so you can't see him, but close enough so he can see her and keep his eye on her. It's not sexual uh, trafficking, but it's just as exploitative as that. And I thought you would want to know that. Lakeside Church has a really strong, vibrant, compassion ministry. Some of you contribute financially to that fund, the compassion fund. And our pastoral staff and our leaders on our staff manage that. And when people have needs, resource needs, we have them come into the office. We walk the we walk through life's challenges with, with them. We do counseling for them. Sometimes we give them resources. Those resources are generous resources. And we want to be able to help as a church. We want to do it as strategically and helpfully as possible. And so when you, I want you to know that because, you know, if you, you drive out, you go, well, wow, I really want to contribute to them. Knowing that, you are free to do what you want to do. We're not telling you you should give or you shouldn't give or those kinds of things, but you might want to be able to say to them, if you knew this is how it happens, you might want to be able to say, you know, if you come into our church office, we would be happy to sit down with you and talk this out with you, and we've got all kinds of coaching and counseling that we can give to you that will be help you in addition to financial resources. And if you could steer them that way, we think that that might be much more beneficial to them than just giving them money that's going to go to the man in the van. Again, it's your choice. I thought you should know that. You can respond however you want, and I think either way is honoring to God, but I want you to know what we do as a church. If you want to contribute to the Compassion Fund, you can do that every week or online during our offering time or, or online at lakesidechurch.com. Okay? All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you that you love us like you do. We, we are people who need your resources, not just financially, Lord. We're, we're people that need your love. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your righteousness. Everything that you could give, we need. 
And we, as your church, just come before you and we acknowledge that need. And Lord, I'm grateful that you're a father who cares and loves and provides for us. So thank you for that. Um, Lord, I would even pray for these people that, are, that have been at the exits. I pray for uh, faith in their hearts. I don't know what their faith story is, but I pray for faith in their hearts. I pray for them to accept the offer from the church to be able to help move them forward and to understand how much you love them as well. Lord, uh, tonight as we, as we move into looking at your scripture and then we celebrate baptism together, would you be honored among us? Would you move in among us, open our eyes to you, open our hearts to you? Lord, if there are people that are seeking you and they have not found you yet, would you help them find you tonight? Through all the things that we do next, Lord, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So today we are continuing in our series that we call The Search to Belong. I believe everybody is on a search to belong. I believe that everybody wants to belong. And we look for belonging in all kinds of places. We look for belonging in churches. We look for belonging in our sports teams. We look for belonging in the teams that we root for or the teams that we play on. We, we look for belonging in all kinds of ways. Nobody belongs perfectly. No organization provides belonging perfectly. If you come to Lakeside, you go, I want to belong because the church is perfect and it's going to be fantastic. It's like, oh, I hope it's fantastic, but I know it won't be perfect. And we all stumble as we go along the journey. We stumble as individuals. We stumble as families sometimes. We stumble as a church sometimes just to try and bring people in and say, hey, we want to provide a space for you to belong. And we're talking about this search to belong so that you can get to the place where you go, oh, I, I belong here. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. I belong to his church. And we're talking about it also so we together as a church can figure out how do we help others belong well. Everybody wants to belong. I, it was fun for me last week. I was here, but I didn't get a chance to speak because Pastor Sean was speaking. And I, I loved how he laid out for us the, uh, the search to belong. And we'll come back to that and review that in a minute. But I, I just, it was interesting watching Pastor Sean because I realized as he was talking, Pastor Sean, Pastor Sean wants to belong. In Luke chapter 19, and you might know the story. I learned a song when I was in Sunday school that reminds me of it. It goes, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he can see. It's really silly, but I remember it. You know, it's it, 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 it's in there. And so Zacchaeus was fascinated with Jesus. He wants to see Jesus, but he's kind of a short guy. Last night I made a crack about short guys, and there's this fellow staff person that didn't really like it. But I'm just saying, you know. It's, the way it goes, I can't, I can't, I can't fix it now. I should say not. Can't fix it now, Sean. Be careful who has the microphone the following week. But the deal is, I, you know, so I, I get it. I, you know, he's just poking fun and that says that we belong and that, you know, that's good, but you know, the more I watched that video last week, the more I thought, you know, Pastor Sean, it really wants to belong. About 10 years ago, I had the opportunity to go to a professional basketball game in Denver. Somebody gave us tickets, and I was in the second row. I've never sat in the front row, front row where they put their feet on, on the wood. That's really cool. I'd like to do that someday. Hint, hint, just saying. I have. twice. Just saying, I can't fix it, you know. 
Of course, when I sit in the front row and I want to put my feet on the basketball court, that's out. I have to kind of slide down to be able to reach. So I get that. It's it's fun when you have someone else that you can poke fun with, because you know when you're able to do that, you belong together. Now, that's my connection with Sean. I love that. I love that he was able to poke fun at me, and I'm glad that I came second. But the truth is, everybody wants to belong somewhere. We are all on a search to belong. And when God comes into our lives, he is all about that. When he sent Jesus into this world, it was all about helping us to belong to him. And then once we belong to him, we belong to his family called church. And it's an amazing gift that God gives to us. And I love that Pastor Sean last weekend talked about these four different spaces of belonging. He talked about public spaces, where we belong in public spaces like this space is a public space, or there are social spaces, and then there are personal spaces, and there are intimate spaces. And we're all figuring out how do we belong in these different spaces. And it's not like one space is the best space. Sometimes we look at and we go, oh, if I could just be intimate with God, I just, it's like God and me and that's it. That's all I need. It's like, well, I'm not sure that's really all you need. Or God would have laid it out like that. And sometimes you go, I, all, all I do is come in on Saturday night, and I'm just, I'm here at church on Saturday, and that's all I need. Maybe that's all you need, but maybe there's more to it than that. But I love the fact that there are these spaces that, that everyone tries to belong in these, sac- in these spaces, and every one of those spaces is a sacred space. The public belonging is a sacred space. The social belonging is a sacred space. The personal belonging is a sacred space, and the intimate belonging is a sacred space. They all are. And God wants us to learn how to belong in those spaces. It is not the church's job to dictate how you belong. We don't come in with a bunch of rules and go, look, this is how you have to fit in, and you've got to fit into our box and our squares and do it our way. We've got ways for you to fit in, but it's not our job to dictate for you how you should belong or how you must belong. It's our role as a church to create an environment in which we can get connected to God and get connected to one another and in which we can belong. We are environment creators. I would say we are Christian environmentalists. I mean, and I, you know, there's two ways to look at that. I mean, there's Christian environmentalists who are like, save the planet. That's a great idea. We should work hard on that. But what I'm talking about is how do we create environments and create spaces where we get connected and we belong to one another? Everybody wants to belong. Donna and I were watching movies this week. I, I, I don't know if, bat, if uh, the like football was over for me or because the Niners are out of it. I don't really know what happened, but we ended up like Sunday night. She goes, let's watch a movie. All right, we're watching a movie. So we got this this old movie called Chocolat. You know that one? Yeah, kind of a great movie. It's uh, about 15 years old, kind of a great movie. Here's this, it takes place in France, a little village in France, and a woman moves into town, and she opens up a chocolate store in the middle of the season of Lent. Bad timing. I mean, Lent, if you don't know, Lent is the church tradition where you, where you give up something like chocolate. And she opens up this chocolate chocolateria or something like that and so and the mayor the mayor of this little town is kind of a self-righteous dude who's really angry that she's going to open a chocolate shop during lent like wait till after lent is over and he goes through all these maneuvers they have a lot of conflict through the story and at the end of the story they're having this kind of resolution of the conflict and she says to the mayor everybody wants to belong 
I look at Donna, she looks at me, I'm like, I'm using that. Everybody wants to belong. The next night, we watched another movie. I don't know. So we watched, we watched The Hobbit. There's no, there's no theme to our movie-watching agenda. Watch The Hobbit. And The Hobbit, if, some of you might not be familiar with the story, but it's about dwarves and a hobbit. And if you don't know dwarves and hobbit, that's like dwarves are short and hobbits are shorter. Okay, so there's a bunch of dwarves and a little hobbit, and they're on this journey together because the dwarves have been displaced from their ancestral home, the place where they belong. And they're having all kinds of adventures and conflicts and things are going on. And the hobbit's getting tired of being with the dwarves and he's about to leave. And one of the dwarves kind of cuts him off and begins to talk to him. And and the hobbit says to the dwarf, you don't belong anywhere. And you can see on the dwarf's face, he couldn't have hurt him more if he would have stabbed him with his sword. Because everybody wants to belong. sad and it's depressing if you feel like you don't and god put church here for us to find a place to find an environment where we can belong to christ and to one another in fact do you remember this and this would be too this would be too old this is my generation some of you are way too young for this but um some of you remember the old show the old television show name that tune Right, you had to, you know, you told them how many notes it would take you to be able to name that tune. I can name that tune in three notes. What if I gave you not notes, but lyrics? Could you name the tune if I gave you a line of lyrics? How about, how about these lyrics? Little ones to him belong. Yeah, Jesus loves me, right? One of the greatest statements of theological truth ever written by human beings. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. Who are the little ones? Who are the little ones? All of us. Short ones, tall ones, all of us. We're all, we're all the little ones. See, there's another song that goes just with the children. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That's a whole separate song. This song says Jesus loves me. This song is about me. When you sing it, this song's about you. But when it gets the little ones to him belong, that's about us. It's about our children and it's about us. Because to Jesus, the little ones belong. We belong. Everybody wants to belong. And God has put his church here to create an environment to carry on the mission of Christ. The mission of Christ was to help you belong to the Father And when Jesus rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, he left his church with his mission. He said, now you're on my mission. You help everybody belong to the Father through me, and you help people belong to one another in this thing I call church. Now the church carries on the mission of Christ. So we try and make a place where people can belong. So I want to give you an invitation tonight. If you're a follower of Christ, and so some of you are still searching out, you know, do I want to follow Jesus? Do I want to trust Jesus? And you're not ready to make that decision? Okay, we're, we'll be patient with you. God is patient with you. We'll help you on that journey as much as you want. But this, this application won't necessarily apply to you. This invitation might not necessarily apply to you if you're not yet a follower of Jesus. But if you are, could I invite you to become a Christian environmentalist? Would you consider becoming a Christian environmentalist, would you consider being the kind of person who is creating environments through which we can follow Jesus, 
and other people can follow Jesus with him. Let's just talk about that from Scripture. If you have your Bible with you, why don't you open up to Acts chapter 2. And let me start reading in verse 42. These are heady times for the early church when we get to Acts chapter 2. Uh, this is the, these are brand new believers. It's a brand new thing called church. Jesus has just ascended into heaven. And here's what's happening in their church in that moment. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, writes it out this way. He says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe as the many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. One of the things you find in that story is that the early Christ followers were creating an environment where people could believe and belong. I mean, look at some of the things that they were devoted to. Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You ever, do you ever think about what you're devoted to? Are you devoted to anything? Oh, good. I got, oh, good. So, some of you, I'll talk to you guys. Some of you guys are devoted to some things. You guys, you're waiting for the baptism. You're distracted. What are you devoted to in your life? What things are you devoted to? They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. That means they were creating a space. They were creating an environment where people would share an identity as followers of Christ. And they shared one doctrine. They shared one teaching that brought them to who God was. They were devoted to that environment where their identity was uh, revealed and then developed among them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. Fellowship means they served together. They teamed up together to accomplish the mission of Christ together. They created an environment together of faith and of belonging. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, which means they were creating an environment of worship. The breaking of bread is when they celebrated communion, when they remembered Jesus and his death on the cross and his resurrection. And so they were creating an environment of worship together, and they devoted themselves to prayer, which says they were creating an environment of dependence on God. All together as a church family in the temple, in the big public space, and from house to house, in their social space or their personal space or their intimate space, they were devoting themselves to prayer. They were creating together this sense of belonging to a God to whom they were dependent. That's what prayer is. Prayer is me saying, God, I'm dependent on you. That's why some people have a hard time coming to faith in Jesus because they go, I don't need Jesus, I'm good. Well, as long as you think you're good, as long as you think you're healthy, you don't need a doctor. That's what Jesus said. But when you come to the place where you go, man, I am dependent on God, then you're going to create an environment of prayer. That's what the first church did. They devoted themselves to those things. They shared great generosity. In that generosity, they created an environment of faith. Because it takes faith to say, I've got some resources. I'm going to give them to somebody else so that they can bless others. 
once you give those resources to somebody else, you're like, I don't have as many resources anymore. Well, how can you do that unless you trust God who provides all those resources? And so they're having this amazing generosity that they're sharing together as a church family. And they created an environment that encouraged faith. It says they met in the temple. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. The temple courts were the outside spaces right next to the temple of God where there were these big patios. And the church was gathering together in this big public space. And they didn't know everybody who was there. They couldn't even see everybody who was there because it was a big crowd. But they belonged together because they were followers of Jesus. And in this big space, they could declare, I'm a follower of Jesus. They met in the public space. And then it says... They broke bread in their homes. The word home is the word oikos. If you've been at Lakeside very long, you know that word, right? It's the Greek word for household or network. It's it's the word for their social spaces or it's the word for their personal spaces. It might be a word for their intimate spaces. And they were meeting together and breaking bread, having meals together from house to house. They were creating an environment where they belonged in those kinds of spaces. And it says they enjoyed the blessing of God and the favor of all the people. It's so amazing when a church is in a spot where they enjoy the blessing of God and the favor of all the people. Not just the people in the church, but the people around the church. People around the church, around the Christians were going, wow, we're so glad you guys are here. We don't get that whole Jesus and the death and resurrection thing. We don't know why you're following a guy who got crucified. We don't get that. But you guys are amazing. And so they enjoyed the blessing of God and the favor of people. And then it says, and the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved, which means there was an outbreak of evangelism through them because God's blessing was on them and the favor of the people was on them. And every day, more people were coming to faith in Christ. Why? Well, partly because the Spirit of God was working through them. And partly because they together were creating these environments of faith and environments of belonging. And people saw that and they said, that's what I want to be a part of. I want to be engaged in that. It's like they became Christian environmentalists. And they created environments to encourage faith and belonging. Can I just ask you a couple questions about this? Questions for you to address for yourself. You know, you don't have to give me the answer, but just just think these thoughts through as you think about what's my role as a Christian environmentalist? What's your role as a Christian environmentalist? Three questions. Number one, what's your favorite environment in which to connect with God well, here, let's just stop with that one. What's your favorite environment in which to connect with God? Is it, is it here in the public space? Is it we all gather together and you get to see people you haven't seen for the last week and you come in, the music's playing and people are standing up and they're praising God? Is that your favorite environment in which to connect with God? Or is your favorite environment in which to connect with God maybe in your small group that gets together every week and you're like, oh, I just love being with my small group. That's great for me. I love that. Or maybe some of you guys, you're in, you're, you're in the men's fraternity. You're like, I just can't wait for the men's fraternity to start again. I want to get up and be there at 6 o'clock in the morning. I just can't wait. Woo! 
right? There's some of you like that. You go, that's my space. That's where I connect with God. That's, where, that's my favorite space to connect with God. Or some of you might say, my favorite space to connect with God is when I'm hiking in the mountains alone. Public space, social space, personal space, in, uh, intimate space. What's your favorite environment in which to connect with God? Related question to that, why? Why is that one your favorite? Have you thought about why do you love that space, that environment? Why? Next question related to that. And then I'll get to the next question, question number two. Next question related to that. How can you make that environment better for somebody else? What can you do to make that environment better for somebody else? Once you answer that question and you begin to live that question out, now you're a Christian environmentalist. You're shaping spaces. All right, second question. What's your favorite environment to connect with God's people called church? What's your favorite environment in which to connect with God's people called church? Is it the public environment? Is it this? Oh, I get to see everybody. I get to be together. That's awesome. Is it, the, is it a social environment with church? Is it a more personal environment? Or is it a more intimate environment? What's your favorite environment in which to connect with church? Why is that your favorite? And what can you do to make that environment better for others? Third question. What's your favorite environment in which to connect to your oikos? Your network. Outside the church. What's your favorite environment? What's your favorite space to connect with your oikos? Is it in a big public space? Do you like to go to concerts together? Do you like to go to ball games together? Is it in a more social space? Do you like to have, you know, block parties with your oikos? Do you take people from work out to lunch together? Is it more personal space? Is it more intimate space? What's your favorite environment to connect with your network or your oikos? Why is that your favorite environment and how can you make that environment better for others what would happen if you just answer each of those questions and their sub and their subcategory questions what would happen to our environment what, what would god do to put its blessing on us to bless the other people in that environment as well as to bless you what kind of favor would come on you from others because you were creating environments where they suddenly realized they could belong. Might be amazing. We have several environments, as you know, as a church. One of the environments that we offer at Lakeside, we, we're just calling social groups. We try to come up with a fancy name for them. Then we found out we'd have to explain what the fancy name means. So they're just social groups. You know, they're, they're smaller than this group. They're larger than just a, maybe a small group or, or something, somebody that's meeting with you for lunch or something. We just we have these social groups. People have started. It's like, we want to encourage those. There's a running group. Some of you are like, oh, I'd like to join that. Some of you are like, I, I'd like to run away from that. All right, there's a kayaking group. It's a little cold right now, but, you know, but that's out there. You can go on the table. Go to lakesidechurch.com. You'll see this logo up there on the corner of the website. Click on that and join the table, and you can go on there and find all these groups that are being offered. Maybe you say, I'd like, to, I'd like to offer a group that's not being offered. Stop in the lobby on the way out. Talk to one of our pastors in the lobby and say, I'd like to start a group. Can you help me? 
they will help you so that we begin to create environments for people to begin in faith and to belong to community and to become like Jesus. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us like you do. Your love is amazing, and the fact that you invite us to be part of your church is amazing. Part of your life, that's amazing. So thank you for all of that. Lord, would you bless every one of us here, uh, those who are followers of Jesus, would you bless us to be able to shape environments and spaces that draw people to you? And Lord, for those who are considering who you are, considering who Jesus is, would you bless them on that search? May they belong to Jesus first and then to your church. And Lord, bless those who are about to be baptized as they are uh, moving forward in this search to belong. Bless them, encourage them as they follow you in baptism. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.